Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Lena Morgan. This is Song vs. Song, and we are ready to rock. We are ready to chick rock. We are doing Joan Jett's I Love Rock and Roll versus Pat Benatar's Hit Me With Your Best Shot. I can't believe you didn't open it up by saying, put another dime in the jukebox, baby. No? Well, you better make sure you put me in my place. Tell me how to do my job. <laughs> I actually watched you have a, like, I thought the thing had frozen for a second, the video, but no, it was actually your brain taking a second to come up with that joke. But it was a good one. It was worth that split second of me going, is something wrong with the video? This is a weird start to this episode. Here we go. All right, well, Lena, you're a real tough cookie with a long history of helping me do this podcast. It's true. Which is your pick? Because you've been wanting to do a Joan versus Pat thing for quite a bit, as I Have recall. Have I? I mean, yes. like, here, here's what I know. When you announced it last episode, I was excited, so I'll take your word for it. Yes. Among the, it, it was in there among the hundreds of suggestions we've, like, talked about in our text history. In our text history? Okay. Okay. I get, that one got me. All right. <laughs> All right. Here's my, here's my response. I wrote it down. Okay. Ahem. Uh, in 2020, okay, Birds of Prey was released into theaters. Do you remember this? Yes, I do. I think uh, it was the last I, thing I saw before uh, everything shut down. Literally, the next sentence I've written here is, maybe it's because it's one of the last movies I saw before the pandemic, <laughs> but I still think it's the best DCEU movie. And part of what makes it great is the soundtrack. I don't I, know how well do you re- how how well do you recall the details the the, the plot beats as as go with the music? Uh, not at all. I no, I don't remember any music in that. Okay, so you remember that um, Parley reveals that her and the Joker broke up. Vaguely, there was like some kind of animated intro. Is that right? Y- yes, and then she talks about how well she takes it. And it's her like screaming and banging on a door and eating like easy cheese and just having a mental breakdown. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the song that plays with that? No, not at all. No. It is I Hate Myself for Loving You. Oh, oh, I was like, I don't remember either of these songs being there. Like Hit Me With Your Best Shot like seems way on the nose and I Love Rock and Roll like does not fit that at all. So you went. So So it's Joan Jett singing I Hate Myself for Loving You. And that's how you kind of set up Act One. Conversely, uh-huh. at the start of Act Three, when um, Sionis is going to come and kill them, and like Harley and the Birds of Prey are that weird like carnival circus place with the face and the you remember the one? Yeah, the good scene. Yeah, that whole third act uh, is also kind of set up on a song, and the song that plays is "Hit Me with Your Best Shot." But it's not the Pat Benatar version. It's this very dramatic, very third act of a movie version of the song by Adana, A-D-O-N-A. One of the Donnas? Yes, A-Donna. <laughs> so I guess what I'm trying to say is like both the songs are great. Both of the songs work perfectly for the movie. Only one features the original artist. Mm-hmm. And only one features, features one, of the, one of the actual songs in this matchup. All right. In conclusion, the best thing about I Love Rock and Roll is Joan Jett. Okay. The best thing about Hit Me With Your Best Shot is Hit Me With Your Best Shot. Hit Me With Your Best Shot's the winner. You think Hit Me With Your Best Shot just on a song level is the better of the two, 
if we are going what? for the pure song versus song, I mm-hmm. think that the winner is hit me with your best shot. Yes. But you prefer Joan to Pat. Yeah, I mean, like, not as, like, people. I mean, yeah. like, as, as, artists, as, artists, as artists in general and having, you know, uh, I've been fans of them for a long time. Like, I like both of them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Joan has better songs, and we can talk about the two of them as a, as a, as a matchup, I guess, as we go in. But, yeah, I mean, I guess I would say of the two genders, I go for Joan over Pat. You know that's a that's a fascinating thing. I would um well it's hard for me to um really decide because like bo- both of these songs I have heard so very often and that they have definitely dulled with overplay for me even though I'm still very fond of both. But yeah, I, I see you nodding and and agreeing because woof these songs get played a lot <laughs> even now in 2022. Or in 2020 movies, apparently. <laughs> well, I guess I Love Rock and Roll wasn't in that movie. I have heard it in movies. Yes, I associate it with Wayne's World. Where, where is it in Wayne's World? I haven't it's watched in, it in a while. It's in Wayne's World too. Okay, well, I, I don't know if I've ever watched it that all the way through. Wow. Wayne's World 2 is a classic catch-it-on-cable kind of movie where I'm not sure I've ever seen the first half hour. I think it might actually play in both. Um, I think there's there's a scene where like they're walking towards like a venue and you mm-hmm. hear that song play and I can't remember if it's from the first one or the second one. I know that it's in the soundtrack listed for Wayne's World Two and that there was a music video with the same song, <laughs> but a new music video with Joan Jett. Huh. Well, I am which going is to... which is fucking weird. <laughs> I am going to look that up right now and watch that while we are talking over this phone but uh for me there really is not any comparison this is Joan Jets all the way like really and, and I strongly disagree that I love rock and roll is like the inferior song like hit me with your best shot I I I, I do still like feel good about that song and I like it and I sing along and I'm glad other people sing along too but Boy, that one has really worn out on me. I think it's like uh, for what it's worth, I can tell you one person who agrees with me, and that's Pat Benatar. Yes, yes, we and should she talk is about correct. that. She is correct. This, this song's cute. It's cute. Whereas, like, I love rock and roll is just an ass kicker song all the way through. It's well, I'm gonna. So here's mm-hmm. my the point for me, the reason why I can't give it to I love rock and roll. And let me tell you, the more. I researched these songs for this episode. Mm-hmm. The more tempted I was to change my mind. <laughs> but in the end, I kept coming back to the same thing over and over again, which is it's just the repetition of I love rock and roll. So put another dime in the jukebox, baby. Like it's just too many times at the end. It just go, it just repeats. Like uh, when I was talking to Raven about these two songs, Raven said that it just sounds as though someone put on a record and the record started to skip and that's uh, it. That's my, that's, that's the, the that to me is like such a beef. That's such a, like I can't get over the fact that that's true. It just goes to, and it's not a long song, which means mm. that too much of it is that chorus for me. And that chorus is fine, but it's not enough to measure up to three minutes, practically worth of just that. I have seen people uh, try this at karaoke and uh, wear out quick. 
Yes, you know, I was going to say there's so there's a lot of people that have done this song over the years, mm-hmm. including Britney Spears. Oof. And hold on, I'm just going to write, I'm going to read exactly what I wrote here in my <laughs> notes. The Britney Spears version of I Love Rock and Roll sounds like someone doing a karaoke version of I Love Rock and Roll sung by someone impersonating Britney Spears. <laughs> Man, I am not like a rock purist like I used to be back in the day. And, you know, I've learned to appreciate Britney Spears and pop music and so on. I like Britney very much. This is not a good cover. It's not a good song for her. But, like, I I, I still have it in me to be offended on behalf of Joan Jett. Well, I mean, you're not, but, well, so it's like, here's the thing. You don't need to be, though, because it's not Joan Jett's song. It really is not. Yes. It's Alan Merrill's song, and Aaron Merrill was thrilled to collect that cash. Like <laughs> he loves that Britney Spears covered it. Here, the, I was I I read a little bit about him, and I even found a video where he talked about the song. Mm-hmm. Um, which I my favorite part of that whole story, and we'll we'll talk about it. I think at more length as we get into it, um, is that the Rolling Stones incorrectly reported that he sold the song to Joan Jett for twenty five hundred bucks. <laughs> and he was like that's absolutely incorrect and the reason you know that that's a lie is because i live on the upper east side of new york city <laughs> and let me tell you something as someone who has lived in and around new york city their entire life if there is one thing i know for sure it is that i can barely afford to rent in the outer boroughs let alone own on the upper fucking east so, yes, I'm sure that he made a mint on that song. Yeah, well, he should. Like, if if he was if he made anything other than like six million dollars off this song, it's a uh, he's been ripped off because like the, it gets played constantly. And like I said, I am a tiny bit tired of it. But the first time I heard it, it was the most amazing song I'd ever heard in my life. It just kicks so much ass. It is just like. Well, I'm, I'm going to steal StereoGum.com's description of it. It's a big, mean bastard of a song. But why is it? Why is it like that? To me, it's not the song. You think you um, you give it all to Joan and not to the song? Song's good. Like I was listen. What, here's what I'll say: the 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 closest I got to switching my vote was when I went back and forth and was playing both of them on my dinky little acoustic, which is not really the way to play either of these songs, but it's what I had. Um, it's a lot of fun playing I Love Rock and Roll. Like, even though it's kind of repetitious, the the way that it's played, and also especially if you um, if you tune the E string down to a D, um, that sort of low D sound that makes it sound a little more metal, a little more rock and roll, makes it just fun because you're basically just dragging your finger along up and down the fretboard, like just one line in places. And then you get to go, which is fun. Um, and you get to do it a lot. So that was the closest I ever got. And I think it is in that way, like it's simple and effective. But Joan Jett's got a voice like the growl of a motorcycle engine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Joan Jett, now, in 2022, if I'm walking down the street and Joan Jett is, like, down that dark alley that I'm walking down, I'm turning around and running. (laughs) Joan Jett does not look like someone you want to fuck with. No, she she doesn't. 
Pat Benatar seems like she's trying. Is my... Well, that was this was always the argument. This was yeah. always the thing about Pat Benatar, and that was the other thing that Raven asked me about was why is it that people respect Joan Jett but don't seem to respect Pat Benatar? I would definitely agree that Joan Jett gets more respect than Pat Benatar. That's certainly true. I think people still like Pat Benatar, but Pat Benatar, I think, kind of suffers from the fact that her stuff became more pop as the 80s went on. And it became a little cutesier and you get more uh, like non-rock stuff like We Belong or, you know, uh, Love is a Battlefield and stuff like that. And I think that has a colored her more badass couple albums in hindsight. When's the last time you watched the music video for Love is a Battlefield? Why would I have to rewatch it when it's so burned into my memory? Well, I would assume she's you'd a watch teenage it for runaway fun. prostitute, I guess. Possibly. It's, here's the thing. I have never I I dare you to come up with something that is more amazing and more corny at the same time throughout <laughs> than the music video for Love is a Battlefield. It's the best worst thing of all time. Like it's just Every time she's like switches over to her like shimmy shake and dance, like <laughs> I, I love it. I want to be her. Also, it's so corny that I'm embarrassed. Oh, I forgot there was and I dialogue. I feel both in those this. emotions at the same time throughout, and that's sort of the thing is that I think Pat Benatar became that that music video sort of became the defining thing about Pat Benatar. It's a it's an incredible video, yes. But what's interesting is if you uh, if you look up Pat Benatar. And if you type "hit me with your best shot" into a YouTube search, there's no music video for that. Oh, this, this is pre-MTV, so uh, yeah, there is none. But there is a live performance of it. I and see that. I'm looking at it. You know what I'll say about that performance? Pat Benatar also kind of has that snarl. <laughs> it's not as pronounced as Joan Jett. You know, yeah. If Joan Jett. S- sounds like she smokes a pack a day and has done since birth that Pat Benatar sounds like she smokes about five cigarettes a day and started in high school. (laughs) That's the difference, but it's still there. It's good. It's a great, it's a great performance and she's a, and she's a really solid singer. No, Pat Benatar is a great singer. She's a, oh geez, I forgot how tiny she is. I'm watching this video right now. Like, man, that is a small woman. Like, I guess like the Haley Williams of the, the 80s. Well, I but, don't think that Joan Jett is a giant. Is she? I never no. thought of her as being a super tall. I'm going to look it up. No, I don't think she's large time. either, but Pat Benatar is very small. Yeah, Joan Jett's shorter than me, and I'm a tiny. <laughs> yeah, Pat <laughs> is Benatar she really? is... really? That, that does surprise me. So Pat Benatar, according to the internet, is is five foot flat, which is really, that's a tiny person. That's almost as short as my mother. And um, Pat, uh, excuse me, uh, Joan Jett's supposed to be 5'5". Five, five. Um, I'm 5'6 and a half. Uh, so, yeah, her and I are roughly the same height, I, which is what I thought. I had always assumed that her and I were about the same. That really does surprise me. She looks, I if I had to guess, I'd have said like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, Joan she, Jett stands tall. She really does. And I'm looking at this video like she's uh, Pat Benatar's in her blazer with over her shirt with a her dress with a belt over it, the big old 80s belt. And uh, I was like, Pat Benatar's cool and I would hang out with her. 
Joan Jett could kick her ass immediately. Could and would. Well, not that's, would. That's a little, yeah, you don't know that. And yeah, I certainly no, no, wanna, I, Joan Jett seems like, want to say that. No, Joan Jett seems like a pleasant person, and Pat Benatar seems like a pleasant person also. But, like, if someone started shit with Joan Jett, which Pat Benatar would not do, but if she did, Joan would win. Yeah, I guess that's a that's a if, if we're going very specific, sure. Yeah. But so here's what I here's what I think. I was I was looking, and something that I found out about Pat Benatar is, um, is what was the lightning bulb, aha moment? I want to be a singer in a band. Mm-hmm. She went to a concert. The concert was Liza Minnelli. Tells you everything. That really does. And I'll tell you something. If there's one thing that I know about the long arm of history is that it bends towards justice. And Liza <laughs> Minnelli rules. Have I ever told you my Liza Minnelli story? No, you have not. I promise that this is completely irrelevant but absolutely enjoyable. Um, back when I worked at Sci-Fi and I would be in front of cameras and stuff and I would get professionally lit and mic'd up and everything, I would ask the guys that did all that stuff who was the best interaction they ever had. Um, professionally and the lighting guy of the day said I have to tell you the story about Liza Minnelli and I was like really I'm riveted I love Liza Minnelli and he said you know I was lighting her and she looked up at me from where she was sitting and she was like I don't want to tell you how to do your job but if you just turn your light just so see what happens and he did exactly as she asked and he said you look amazing how did you know that would work? And she was like, honey, I've had this nose my whole life. And I was like, that's it. That's Liza Minnelli. <laughs> and it just, you're, I mean, like there was a long time where people thought Liza Minnelli was really corny. And now everybody knows that Liza Minnelli rules. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of, I think that Pat Benatar had a period of like people thought she was uncool. And I think that that period has, I think, ended. And now people like Pat Benatar again. I don't know as much as Liza Minnelli. That's shooting for the moon. But, you know. I don't know. Like, Pat Benatar always seemed like an attainable kind of tough rock chick. Like, a normal average secretary in the 80s could listen to this and is like, yeah, I could pull this off. But you couldn't pull off Joan Jett. Only Joan, oh, Jett, okay. Joan Jett. See, for a second, I thought you were saying that she was attainable, like you could date her, Todd, and there's no, absolutely no, no, no way in hell. <laughs> it's the craziest thing I ever heard in my life. <laughs> you fucking kidding. Um, no. Yeah. No, I think the thing about Pat Benatar is that she kind of, I don't know. She's like, she's like Debbie Harry Light. Hmm. I don't know about that. Debbie's a, a little like hipper, a little cooler. Yeah, uh, Debbie's doing the hard stuff. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, Pat could go harder than uh, Debbie Harry did. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, although, interestingly, um, pretty recently, like within the last five years, I think, Debbie Harry did a song with Joan Jett. <laughs> um, Joan Jett and Blondie. It's called Doom or Destiny. It came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. And uh, the song is fine, and what I would recommend you do is just listen to the song. The music video is like them as like bad like news pundits and like all Trump stuff in the background. I was like, nobody asked for this. <laughs> I like you both very much. Let's just let's just like so many people who listen to this podcast. Please don't talk about him. Uh, <laughs> just please just do the thing that we like. Um, but yeah, so. I think it's interesting that, again, like the long arm of history is 
strange and unpredictable. I don't know if it actually bends towards justice, but it does bend towards strangeness. Hit me with your best shot begins. You're a real tough cookie with a long history. I'm breaking little hearts like the one in me. It it just seems cute to me. And I think I, Pat has I better songs I guess I don't see the problem. <laughs> Where, problem? I mean, I, so I know that basically what you're coming from, at least in part, mm-hmm. is that Pat Benatar herself... Does not like that line. Hates yeah. that line. Hates it. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say in general, her husband also, who's in the band, does not really like this song. And I think at points in time has said that it's his least favorite song that they do. Yeah, I, of their big... of. Pat's big hits hit me with your best shot is probably towards the bottom, which still is like an eight out of 10 for me, but like it. And yet it's kind of, again, long arm of history. It's kind of the big, it's kind of the song, isn't it? It's kind of her song. Yeah. um, I think Pat has better songs, but if you were to pick one song that sums her up, like that would be it. It's like perfectly in between her hard rock, Couple, first couple albums and the pop stuff that came later it's it's just like right perfectly in the pocket like you will get you listen to that and you will get pat benatar yeah do you, you know what i think is really interesting is that um hit me with your best shot was not the hit off that album i was at, um you better run we live for love was the song that charted the best we off of uh love. yeah off of crimes of passion 1980 I know I've listened to this album, but I can't remember this song at all. There were three songs that they put out in the world. Um, that was the third one, and it was the one that charted best. Oh, I know this song. Hit Me With Your Best Shot was number two, and it was only a sleeper hit at the time. Wild. I do like the the fight in that song. But here's the other thing about uh, about that, which I think is kind of interesting, is that the fact that We Live For Love charted higher speaks more to even then, even at the beginning, sort of the expectation, what people mm-hmm. saw her as, which is a little more poppy, a little more almost disco-y. That's so strange. Like, it does sound more like 1980, that that's We Live For Love does, than Hit Me With Your Best Shot. I can see why this would be a hit, I can't see why it would be a bigger hit than Hit Me With Your Best Shot. Truth is stranger than fiction, my friend. But I do, my my guess is, A, it's it's a product, I mean, you know, that's a strange time. The start <laughs> of the 1980s is a real weird time. It, it sure Musically is. and in all ways, but, but for the purpose of this podcast, musically it's a weird time. And yeah, I just, I don't know. I think that she's sort of, if you follow her career, and we kind of hinted at this, she leans more heavily into this dancier pop, you know? Mm-hmm. She moves away from the more rock-based stuff. And because I think, you know, maybe something to do with her early career before she was putting out this record and when she was listening to Liza Minnelli in mm-hmm. concert, you know, there's just something in her that suits that sound a little better that seems more pleasing somehow to general audiences from her than the more rocky um, hit me with your best shot, which is weird because I still think that song is better than I Love Rock and Roll. And I still think it's, you know, it's her biggest hit, which is fascinating and the long arm thing. But also compare that with Joan Jett. What's Joan Jett's best song? Is it I Love Rock and Roll? I would say yes. I think I would. 
I, I hate myself for loving you. Absolutely crazy to me. No way. Ain't I, no way. I, I I love all of Joan Jett's big hits, but yes, no. it is. Yes, it is. No bad uh, bad reputation is to me her defining song. That's the one you can't top that song. I love bad reputation. I love I hate myself for loving you. You know, I was listening to the original Arrows version of I Love Rock and Roll. I listened to it for the first time just now, and I was expecting it to be like wildly different, but it still kicks a lot of ass. Just It's a little more 1970s Aerosmith rock. It is. And which is not an insult, it's just no, it, sort of that's sort of what it made me think of. And there's a there's a little more metal on a uh, Joan Jett's version. But that riff still fucking stomps hard. It's so good. Like that was what brought me into it first. Not even like the the riff or the chorus. Just that first couple seconds. Like, that is such a good riff. Do you have something to add to this? Because I see you reaching off screen. Well, all I would say is that <laughs> if you put it in the drop D, and I don't know if she does. I should have looked it up. It does add that heft, that... <laughs> that sound. <laughs> I'm an adult. But yeah, Is it's it? got that. It's just mean. It's a mean song. And again, if it wasn't for the fact that it's so repetitive it would be the better song. It is more fun to play. Joan Jett's voice, it, I mean, it's weird, and I, and I found myself thinking, oh, we should talk about this. When I looked, when I cheated as I do, and looked on wikipedia.com, I was like, I'll just look up Joan Jett. Let's see if there's some fast facts here, just for, just mm-hmm. for fun. And it said, some people refer to her as the queen of rock and roll, and I was like, Joan Jett? Is there really no one else vying for that throne? <laughs> I've never heard anyone Joan called Jett? the queen of rock and roll. What's that? I've never heard anyone called the queen of rock and roll. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if I, if I believe this. But I'll tell you something that I, I found out in my research, not on Wikipedia because I'm an adult who does real research. Um, she was touring for a while with uh, Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. And when she was touring with them, they would have her come out when they were, because she would open them and they'd have her come back out to do a couple songs with them because they're huge fans. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched a video where Dave Grohl talked about how what how cool it was and what an honor to get to be friends with some of the greatest living legends and some of their favorite rock and rollers of all time and that he considered her to be towards the very top Keep in mind that Dave Grohl is like Biffles with Paul McCartney. (laughs) And one of the things that he said was that Pat Smear, not Benatar, (laughs) who is his longtime guitarist, who was a guitarist for years and years, and uh, who Dave met when uh, Pat came on and was guitarist for the touring of uh, In Utero, I think it was, for Nirvana. Um, Apparently, Pat Benatar started his first band because of his admiration and love for Joan Jett. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> How cool. And that I believe is, it. I absolutely believe that. There is something um, accessible to guys 
for Joan Jett? Yes, you've singled into the other reason why I was really, like, I was kind of, in some ways, rooting against her. Mm-hmm. Like, not as a person, but I knew that a lot of people, as a default, mm-hmm. always favor Joan Jett over Pat Benatar because... She's less girly? Because Joan, Joan Jett's not like the other girls. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, she's gay. I don't, like, uh, like, yeah, that's... As a queer person, that's cool. Game seeks game, but like, I don't, I hate that, that vibe, that whole like, not like the other girl shit. And I don't think that Joan Jett really sought it out. I think that's just who she is, but I do think it's how some people favored her. For what it's worth, like, the uh, Pat could go very, very, very fucking hard. She's like, great. That's the thing that people forget. Like, she's very theatrical, which I also love, right? Like, mm-hmm. She's the kind of person that if you put her in a, if she was like a, the star of a Broadway musical about roller skating, <laughs> you, you know which one I'm talking about. If she had been the star of that one, that show would have been a success. Pat Benatar is very cool. I don't know. I just think that because there's something a little more femme about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think like the time is sort of interesting, right? Like it is the the 80s of the death of disco and disco was such a queer genre of music even when it got mainstreamed i don't know there's something about that theatricality that sort of like femme side of the queer rainbow that is just less favored um certainly at that time as opposed to joan jett who has uh what's the term that people used for a really long time big dick energy no one used that Absolutely, people did. I don't know why you're lying about this, Todd. We're no. we're, we're we're a people who make embarrassing choices <laughs> throughout history. No, I, I know it's true. There's literally a song in the top ten right now called "Big Dick Energy." Well, that's terrible. I hate that. But the yeah, point stay, is that stay tuned like, for the worst list, everybody. But <laughs> but like, would you would you say Joan Jett's got a bit of the big dick energy? Do you think that that's a fair assessment? <laughs> she has that swagger. I she think has a swagger that Pat Benatar never quite had. Like I said, she always seemed like she had to try for it, and Joan Jett didn't. And for I me, hitting me with your best shot is like, I don't know, it hits that odd middle zone that puts it, that lowers it for me. Like I really love uh, one of her big pop hits, "Invincible." That song fucking. Rules. Oh, I love that song. And I, I really, listen, I like a lot of her pop stuff. And I really love uh, "Heartbreaker" off her first album. Unbelievable Which, that that also again was not a huge hit. Oh, that's that's lived on. I mean, that was a little too hard for uh, the the pop hits, but like the the, the rockers really loved that one. I saw I saw fucking uh, Dave Mustaine from Megadeth singing that song once. Oh shit! I just realized something. That's what I when I was talking about like the what was the first big hit, mm-hmm. um, and it was "We Live for Love." It, um, I meant that "Heartbreaker" was the song that came out before that. Good grief. Mm-hmm. Don't mind me, folks. I'm uh, getting older, and I lose track of things. But yes, Heartbreaker, which feels a lot more tonally similar to Hit Me With Your Best Shot, is a more rocky song. Yeah, I, re- I, I like hard, hard rock. Pat Benatar, like, uh, you know, Treat Me Right, and You Better Run. And I like the pop stuff, and like Hit Me With Your Best Shot just kind of hits that middle-of-the-road thing for me, where it... it I can see how Pat got sick of it personally. You know what it is? What I like about the song is that as far as the musicianship, as far as the the instruments go, 
it just varies, right? Like there's a couple of places where the guitar comes in and plays slightly differently, the place in which the lead line comes through. You know, I would say that if there's one thing that both these songs lack, it's a bridge. But the but the lead line for Hit Me With Your Best Shot almost fits as the bridge, whereas to me the lead line of I Love Rock and Roll kind of feels almost like it's the same as everything else. I, I remember back like when there was a lot more shit talking about music in the, like 20 years ago on the internet one of the uh, online magazines put up a list of like worst guitar solos and most of the ones they picked were like from 80s guys who were like trying way too hard van halen wannabes and then stuff like that who play like 800 notes and they like and they also included i love rock and roll on there for the opposite reason they just thought it was just like a song that is about how much rock and roll fucking rocks it should have a solo that isn't quite that limp, like something that has more than 10 notes in it. Yeah, that song is just, it, it's that it's just not different enough. It just, I don't know, man. I mean, the solo, um, I forget the guy's name. He is Pat Benatar's husband now and has been for like a good 40 years, but he's an excellent, like an underrated guitar player. And that solo is in fact extremely good. It's the thing that, breaks up the song. I just think overall if you look at that song that way, it just is it's just superior. Like they have a lot of the same problems, right? They don't have a lot of variance in the actual chord structure. Right? It's just verse chorus, verse chorus and like they're all the same chords and there is no bridge. But the lead line of that song and the other ways in which the guitar comes in and does something slightly different in the second verse creates a variance in that song that to me just makes it superior. I feel like simplicity is I love rock and roll's greatest, uh, great strength. It's both its greatest strength and it's, and it's fatal flaw. That's the thing. Like it has like the simple chorus that it hits over and over again. Like, like maybe you can call it repetitive, but like it's one of those things where I don't think it can be improved. I don't think it should be altered. I am kind of not interested in any anyone's cover of it. Except that that is a cover. <laughs> yes, I, I know. It literally is a cover. Um, but I, yeah. I, I feel like, like Joan Jett did it perfectly. Like, there's, like, even if you had complaints about it, like, if you changed anything, it would be worse. I love yeah, I mean, having, having heard other versions of that song, I mm. cannot name a better version of it. Not even the... One that she did prior when she was doing stuff with the Sex Pistols. Did she do a version of this? Joan Jett? Yeah, she did. Yeah, an that, that's not the original version? Nope. There's an earlier version that they cut um, that did not quite work. Well, what was wrong and with if it? You, um, if you, I mean, you should listen to it. I just, I think that um, part of it is the production, but most of it is just that she sings it really flat. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like it's like she's off key. I mean, like it just doesn't go anywhere with her voice. Like her voice sounds much, much, much better on the, the black hearts. I love Is this the actual sex pistols. Uh, it's two guys, I believe from the sex pistols. Oh, the, the two no one cares about. <laughs> yeah. She's a, oh. uh, I guess she was probably still like a teenager at this point. Um, maybe yeah. she might've been 19. I don't she's know. She's very, I'm sure she must've been about 17. Um, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
I, I, I actually felt like I was going to fall out of my seat. <laughs> Not because I thought it was funny, but from the crippling embarrassment. Um, oh, role reversal here today. Well, <laughs> you're right. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I said it because it's true. <sighs> you fucker. Um, I think it's really funny also that, um, so Alan Merrill, who was in this band, The Arrows, which we, have, we haven't even talked about. We've talked I don't know how it. much we will. Well, just the fact that they were kind of like not doing great, and he <laughs> thought the song should be a hit, and it was not liked. So they were putting it as a B-side, and then some guy's wife was like, let it be the A-side, but they just didn't want to push for it. And then all of a sudden, something crazy happened, and then they wound up with a TV show. They what? There was a show called Arrows. <laughs> for the band, the Arrows. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I was like, what, like the monkeys? What? <laughs> what? So I think it was on like the BBC or something. And um, yeah, I so I believe the deal is that uh, Joan Jack came out and was in the UK and heard it there and met Alan Merrill there at the time um, and was like, hey, I want to use this song. It's great that's sort of your starting place. And also what's sort of interesting about that is that sometimes I forget that the runaways, which was Joan Jett's band before the black hearts, obviously, um, mm-hmm. I think found a lot of their strength and a lot of their early success when they were doing world tours. Um, like they had like a Japan concert that likes the, the recording of which sold very well in the U S later. And, they also had a lot of success in the UK. And you know who Joan Jett um, with the Runaways would open for is another act that is one of America's most beloved bands but got big first in the UK, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. You know, they were considered a punkish kind of band as they started they out. Which Tom is Petty like- and the Heartbreakers were considered to be a punk band. Nobody really got what they were trying to do in the United States, and they got big in England, and then they came back. That's nuts. But one of the people that they toured with, <laughs> one of their opening acts, was the Runaways. Fun fun <laughs> little musical tidbits with me. Um, I'm trying to think what else we can cover in here. Um, I think one of the other stupid points I was going to make is that... Um, a point against both of these songs is they both appear in the movie version of uh, oh, Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages. But interestingly, I Love Rock and Roll is part of a medley. And uh, Hit Me With Your Best Shot is just the full song. And I think that is because Hit Me With Your Best Shot stands better on its own. <laughs> That's right. I'm using Rock of Ages to make an argument. <laughs> I think the fact that it they fit the full uh, song into Rock of Ages, the movie, is because it better fits the tone of Rock of Ages, the movie, which I would count as a point against. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't They're know. Like, I love rock and roll. It's a little too rock and roll for Rock of Ages 2012 starring Tom Cruise. I want to be really clear that the only thing I feel either of us has proven is that people should <laughs> probably try and get us to review that movie for a bonus oh episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. Well, do you it's wanna... like, do you, uh, is it weird that there's a woman singing "Hit Me with Your Best Shot"? Because that one always kind of like made my eyes eyebrows raise, even as a kid. 
Well, I'll tell you, you know, people of the time agreed. There was a bit of a, is this like an anti-woman song? No, well, that's obviously not true, but like. No, I never, I, I gotta be honest, it always seems so obviously figurative that I, I never thought like, oh, problematic. <laughs> no. It was I wasn't really thinking. I didn't think it was problematic. I, I just thought it was weird. The same way Britney Spears singing "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time" struck me as weird, and I think that's like kind of an artifact of "Hit You with Your Best Shot" being written by a guy, and was originally intended yes, for a man a thing to say. Yes, we have not talked about Eddie Schwartz at all. <laughs> Although Eddie Schwartz, when he wrote it, he wrote it because he was in, he had, was briefly in therapy, <laughs> and he was in that therapy where you punch a pillow. Well, that's you hitting it with your best shot. That's different. The pillow's but that not was like you. where he—that's where he came up. With I know, it, I know. Well, that's my question, Eddie. Well, like, are you singing from the point of view of the pillow? Maybe. I don't know. It's a song that makes a little more sense. I feel like as, sung by a guy to a girl, than vice versa. Oh, I don't agree. I've never felt that way. I, I think so. I mean, I, I love rock and roll was originally written um, by and for men also, but it, I I think it works better with a woman. Well, I mean, like it wasn't. I don't know how it's strongly a, that was written for men. It was certainly written in response it, it, and, and to just, it's only rock and roll, but I like it. That is true. I just which mean is silly as hell. <laughs> yeah, I love that. that. that it was that like, he was mad. He was like, "Oh, Mick Jagger is hanging out with the Hoi Polloi, like." This guy is like so hoity-toity. He's not a, that Mick Jagger, not a real rock and roller. Doesn't love insufficiently dedicated to rock and roll. Yeah, if I there's question one your man commitment I know that doesn't love rock and roll enough. It's Mick Jagger. It's only rock and roll, but I like it. How can we improve this? How about I like it? I love rock and roll. Yeah, that's dumb. So do you, Mick Jagger? Yeah, that's it. I can't. I'll never recover from. When I heard that story, I was like, "Listen, I'm glad the song's great. I enjoy it. It's a cool song. It's got a cool backstory. But if you you can't actually still believe, like I get in a moment of full hearty self glory, you'd be like, I love rock and roll more than Mick Jagger. But I don't know who's still out touring with their band." And has I mean, been since uh, since I think maybe time began. That would be Mick Jagger. I mean, that's I what know. that's the glory of I love rock and roll. It's so fucking dumb. It it's sure so is. fucking basic and dumb. And there's like just a thud 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 riff. Like uh, it's it's very garage rock, like like Wild Thing or something like that. Yeah, someone should throw throw like the <laughs> the Lars Ulrich drumming <laughs> from Saint Anger on that. Yeah, I okay. I think neither of us have uh, persuaded the other to change their uh, change their their pick, have we? So we're still no, deadlocked. You want to do, do the questions? Yeah, I think it's time for the questions. All right, let's. We do these questions up every episode. If this is your first time joining, um, they're meant to take all of the slop of the nonsense we've talked for the previous time and make sense of them. Uh, the first and there was a lot is, of nonsense today. Certainly, certainly a silly, one of the sillier episodes I think we've done. Okay, question number one. Uh, one of these songs is going to stick around, continue, persist. The mm. other one, it's going to go away. It's going to vanish as though it was never here. You'll never be able to hear it again, anybody you ask. It'll be like that movie, you know, the one where the guy like loves the Beatles and everyone's forgotten them? Like that. Mm-hmm. 
except just the one song. So not really like that. Which song for the culture, Todd, has to stay? Hit Me With Your Best Shot is not unimportant. Let me make that clear very quickly. But, like, there's no, uh, not a debate on this. It's I Love Rock and Roll. Like, would rock and roll even exist after 1982 without I Love Rock and Roll? Yes. Yes. That, that's a but. silly thing you said. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think if you get to keep one of the two of them, it's it's one's just more iconic, I guess. Yeah. Even though I think it gets kind of played out and I can't listen to it over and over again with getting, without getting real tired. I mean, um, that's that's... Like I said, that's true for both of them for me. But like, I love rock and roll. is it's a it's just a masterpiece. All right, it's also we, a number one hit. Did you know that? Like, that's insane did, to me. I did know that. Yeah, no, I'm surprised. Not, I am not surprised by that at all. All right, I am. Uh, like, hard rock is a hard sell. At the it, time, I mean, I don't know. It, like, it was a weird time in music. Anyway, here yeah. we go. Question number two. You could be a fly on the wall. You can experience soup to nuts the entire creation. Of one and only one of these two songs that would include a music video if there is one. That would include, if there's a really notable live performance, you can go see that. Which one of these two, historically speaking, do you kind of want to go and find out like how the sausage is made? Again, I got to go with I Love Rock and Roll. It's, I mean, it has that killer video. I'd love to be on set for that. I'd love to be in that video. I could, uh, I could be black and white my beer in the air shouting that I love rock and roll I just got no interest in, in hitting me with your best shot I think I just want to watch Eddie Schwartz like go from hitting a pillow to <laughs> aha I don't know I'm kind of curious like how true is that is that true is that for real he was really in therapy punching pillows and then he was like my god I've got it I've got the hit because like that story is interesting also because he sort of had had this moment of people were interested in him and they were like, where's your demo tape? And he didn't have one. (laughs) So he went at like three o'clock in the morning with the band that he'd been playing with and put down a song and put down a couple songs. And one of the songs was this song. And when he went to put it down, he realized he'd only written the chorus and not the verses. So they recorded it three times and he said, whatever is the third take is going to be the take. Because by then I will have written the, the lyrics to the verse. So he just, I, I wish that somebody still had the, whatever it was that he made up the first two times, right? Like what were the first two versions like before he figured the whole thing out? That's wild and weird to me. That's some, that's some, some wild, wild stuff. I would want to know that. Like, what are the original lyrics that he came up with on tries number one and two? I just feel like that story lends itself more towards, like, what's the what's the information that I don't have, especially since they destroyed the tapes and stuff. It's like mm-hmm. such a crazy story. So I don't know. I'll, I'll give that, based on that little historical context, to hit me with your best shot for me. Okay, I think you're wrong, but... That's okay. I, are we allowed to disagree with each other on this show? So I don't know. First. Yeah, I don't know if you recall, but in the beginning, we always took opposite positions. <laughs> that was the it was like a debate club almost. You know that intention yes. that we had that I dropped because I'm I don't care or value rules. Anyway, uh, question number three: Megan the Stallion, 
boy, I wonder if this this question's starting to get a little tired. Megan the Stallion is uh, she's going to get up to a, a night of hot girl stuff, as 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 I assume she still want to do. Uh, she's going to listen to a play, playlist to kind of prep herself for the whole thing. Going to put one of these two songs on there, and only one. Now and forever, Todd. Which one of these two songs is hot girl shit? Boy, I'm starting to repeat myself because again, they are not. These are not no wrong answers, but. It's I Love Rock and Roll. Really? Yes, really. No one has ever looked hotter than Joan Jett does in that video. Like, No one has ever looked hotter. No. That is hot girl shit. That is... That transcends time and space. I I mean, listen. I think that Joan Jett has an appeal that transcends sexuality and gender. Mm -hmm. I don't... But like hot girl shit, like I'm getting up to a night of it. Is it? Oh man! Like I, again, I, I feel like the flaw of this question is what what kind of hot girl shit we talk. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I I think hit me. With I mean, hit me with your best shot is very hot, and I think like whichever she chooses to listen to, she is going to feel like uh, she is off to some hot girl shit. I don't. I'm not. I just think, like, here's the thing, like, I'm not saying, like, Meg can't strafe towards the more butch side of things, but, like, Mm. I have always thought of Meg as being kind of arch femme, and I think that Pat Benatar, especially if you look at that live performance, that is the the thing that sort of stands as the music video, as it were, is, yeah, I mean, it's, like, very femme, she's in heels, she's still ripping it up on the stage, she's still rocking hard, I don't know. I feel like on the Meg spectrum that Pat Benatar is going to take it for me. Like, wow. I think it's more very femmy kicking ass and being hot. And I feel like that's a little more Meg speed. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Megan the Stallion. I'm just going by the vibe that I've seen so far. And it seems to me that in that context that Pat Benatar would win. Okay, I, man, we are really on opposite sides of this one. It happens. It happens on occasion. Every once in a blue moon, we have very different opinions. Okay, question number four, obviously the most important question, not out of the show, but just like all questions, all of the philosophical great questions are out there, but this one's the most important. William Shatner, he's a guy, I guess, Actor, uh, thespian, those are the same thing. Horse guy, he's a horse girl. And also he sings, but in a very specific sort of way. He's going to do a William Shatner version of one and only one of these two songs. Todd, which one of these songs must be shot upon? No, that's, that's, that's easy. That's hit me with your best shot. I agree, and here's how I know, because I literally want him to reenact the pillow, the pillow thing. It's just Shatner up there with a pillow. I mean... Like like Clint Eastwood with an empty chair. I, I mean, it's... It's like you're a real tough cookie makes way more sense coming out of his mouth than Pat Benatar's. I agree. I completely agree. You're a real tough cookie. Long. Well, you're a real history. tough cookie with a long history. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know why we're doing this. We're both bad at it. Uh, but the I point want, is, we we agree. We've been doing this I, show for years. We we got to get better eventually. I mm, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm here to tell you we've been doing it for over three years, I believe, and uh, people still listen to us for some reason. So why bother? No. Um, <laughs> listen, I think what matters here is that we agreed on the first and agreed on the last and differed on the ones in the middle. And that means that we are still at a deadlock. <laughs> Can I say, I also think uh, we want to keep William Shatner away from I love rock and roll. Like I knew she must've been about 17. Like, Oh yeah. No, uh, no, 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 not a good fit. Not a good fit for him. I just, I literally just want to imagine hit me with your best shot and he's mad because people are saying mean things about him on Twitter or like <laughs> he's gotten to like another beef with red letter media or something like, and he's, he's trying to like pathetically get revenge by doing a version of it with your best shot. And it's failed hilariously, but also it's absolutely wonderful. I think the only other thing that we should probably note is that of course, Weird Al is done a weird out version of one of these songs quite notably mm-hmm. and that is i love rocky road i don't know if i would call it a real t- like where would you put that on the weird owl spectrum i don't know that i ever thought of that as being one of my faves no not really great so it's valueless in this case usually that's a deciding factor but i don't think it's that important this time okay so where are we now is it is it results time or no no it's reader comments time reader listener comments time <laughs> All right, let me see. DK Jones writes, I am but a humble pansexual trying to live my life without controversy, and you asked me to choose between these two high ladies. Why not just add in Shirley Manson and kill me already? Funny you should bring her up. (laughs) Wait for it. All right. Angela writes, Comparing Joan Jett to Pat Benatar is like comparing Bikini Kill to Avril Lavigne. I don't agree, but I see... I, I feel like probably at the time people would have agreed with you. I don't know if that's historically sound, though. I don't know. Like, Joan Jett was, a, you know, she was not not pop. I love, uh, I mean, I hate myself for loving you. That was, like, also a big, giant hit, and that's pretty mainstream. It's not love is a battlefield or anything, but yeah, it's no, not it's bikini no, kill. It's nowhere near that. I think that yeah. in the 1980s, people would have agreed with that. I, I'm not sure that in 2022, I think it, I guess it just does, I don't know if it matters anymore. You're right. But I don't know that it matters that you're right. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. Kite writes, hit me with your best shot is a power bottom anthem. So that one. I I see it. I don't know that you really have any business, Todd. Uh, I know what words mean. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that hurt. Um, Yes, I know you know what words mean, Todd. I I don't know. Well, maybe I'm selling you short. Maybe you yeah. are a bottom, Todd, and I just never considered it. All right. Well, oh, moving on. Franco Del Rosario writes, American Idol, at its peak, once did a goofy montage of bad auditionees all poorly singing I Love Rock and Roll. As iconic as it is, it is brutally anti-talent show because only Joan Jett can sound awesome performing it, so it gets my vote. Again, uh, we agree, except for the uh, making it getting the vote. I do think that the best thing about the song is Joan Jett, for sure. Why would you perform that at American Idol? Like, that's not know. like a very, you know, voiceful song. It's a fool's errand. It's not a good choice. And it is always a thing that, like, I don't know. Have you ever been to karaoke and tried to sing this song? You learn very quickly. 
<laughs> that it's not a good karaoke song unless you're Joan Jett or maybe Britney Spears. Not no. you, Britney. That's, that's funny because in the movie, she literally performs it at karaoke. Ugh, it's such a terrible scene. Like, why would they have this horrible version of I Love Rock and Roll, which didn't exist yet in the world of the, uh, whatever. Right. M. Bresnahan writes, I have to vote for Joan Jett because I love her. I just wish that I Love Rock and Roll wasn't so repetitive. And I wish that I Love Rock and Roll wasn't so repetitive. Also, I wish that I Love Rock and Roll wasn't so repetitive. See, we could have had an episode that was less than a minute. You could have just read <laughs> that comment and covered the whole thing. All right, let's. It's not that repetitive. It's pretty repetitive, Todd. It's pretty repetitive, Todd. It's pretty repetitive, Todd. It's pretty repetitive. All right, Natalie Coppin writes. I happen to have Guitar Hero three instead of Guitar Hero growing up, so I must vote for Pat Benatar accordingly. There were a lot of Guitar Hero comments. I believe that. I believe that Guitar Hero and Rock Band are deciding factors for a lot of people. <laughs> like from I never I only had Rock Band. I never had Guitar Hero, but like Guitar Hero One, apparently I love rock and roll is like the first song you play on it. Which I mean, it's a very simple song with a very simple solo. So you know, unsurprising. I feel like people having opinions about these songs based on which one they played most in Guitar Hero or Rock Band is like saying the future is now and it's terrible. <laughs> for what it's worth, uh, I play uh, drums for Rock Band and like through the pandemic, I have had to play like this game for like at least two hours a day or I will start losing my mind because, you know, stuck inside. And uh, at least on drums... Uh, I love rock and roll is nowhere near as fun to play as uh, hit me with your best shot. Like I love rock and roll is just too simple. There you go. Like on drums, on all instruments, probably on vocals also. Well, here's the, what's the next comment? Fire away. (laughs) Actually, right under the video games comments, someone wrote love is a battlefield 2042. It's a reference to the battlefield games. Oh, (laughs) ha. (laughs) Nice one. No, where's Where's Raven to come in and say, nice joke? <laughs> All right. One last one. Staghorn writes, as someone who recently realized that they were a lesbian, happy pride, y'all, my vote goes to the rock star in the Purple Blazer who got portrayed by Kristen Stewart in her movie. Yeah, Joan Jett takes this one for me. Again, <laughs> if it's a choice between the women, I'm going with Joan Jett. In, it's just it's it's a, it's a pure song versus song response for me, but yeah, of course. I mean, you can't boy like for both for both of them. There were a a whole lot of a uh, sexuality and gender awakenings in the comments. I believe it. I, I can't believe we didn't talk about that more. I saw that movie in 2010 in theaters when it came out. What movie? The movie where Kristen Stewart played. Oh yeah, it's it. not very good. It's okay. I didn't hate it. Eh, it's a pretty mediocre. Yet another thing they could have us cover, Todd. A lot of possibilities <laughs> out there. No, don't make us watch that movie. It's very boring. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, <sighs> there's only one thing left. That is the results. And, you know, I legitimately didn't know which way this one was going to go. Did you? No, I have no idea. I couldn't even possibly guess. Um, I My assumption is that it's close. Like... I- like on average, more close than we usually get. All right. Well, I'll tell you this. I was expecting like a 55 to 60% victory for, uh, I love rock and roll. 
That is what I would have guessed. Okay. But here's the actual results. For a total of 358 to 388, that's a 52-48 split. Our best shot went to Pat Benatar. That's <laughs> fucking right. <laughs> yes. Just barely. Oh, I knew it. I Just knew it. In my heart, I knew that you all were on my side. <laughs> 16 points in the other direction. 16 votes in the other direction would have given it to Joan Jett. So this That's one was tight. Our- That's That is really tight. Wow. Uh, thank you guys for listening to Song versus Song. Uh, if you like us, donate us a dollar, and we will review a bonus movie for you every month. And if you give us like a whole lot of money, a full $20 bill, you can pick one of the uh, poll options for us to uh, for people to vote on and you might win and we might review your movie. You could go in there and request Rock of Ages. You sure could do that. <laughs> Tom Cruise's Rock of Ages. Alec Baldwin and Russell Brand sing I Love Rock and Roll and at the end it looks like they're going to kiss but no homo. Terrible. God, that fucking movie. Ooh, ooh. No, no, they, 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 get, they get quite homo. Like it's, it's, I, like I know, but they, but, they, but they play it off like a certain way at some point and then they switch. Anyway, the point is that like it's not how you want gay subtext and gay text to be written in a film. Yeah, it's not broken. Is, is my point. I would, I would have, in fact, in this case, preferred the no homo, <laughs> which is really saying something. Anyway. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. What? Wait, what? What about the next episode? Wait, crap. I don't know the next episode. You're, You're picking the next episode. You, that, that's true. So um, in kind of, I guess, keeping with the theme, I don't know why the theme wound up being this way. We did um, two women artists going head to head. In this case, it was in 80s. Now we're going to go to the 90s. And we are going to do 1995's Girl Anthems. We are doing, at long last, been threatening it for three years, Just a Girl by No Doubt versus Stupid Girl by Garbage. I'm very excited. It's going to be a good one, y'all. Going to have a lot to say about these songs, these artists, and this time period. I think this was like the first uh, episode you ever pitched to me. I think that's right. And you have been saying, we'll get around to it for a very long time. And now is the time. Here we go. All right. Now see you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye.